What's up, internet friends? I'm Kevin Garaventa, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. This is a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. Today, we are talking about Brothers A Tale of Two Sons, which was developed by Starbreeze Studios under the direction of Joseph Ferris and published by 505 Games in 2013. You can see the inspiration for Ferris's later games he is famous for, like A Way Out and It Takes Two, where two players cooperatively solve puzzles and complete tasks by working together. But Brothers is solely a single-player game where you control two characters at once. On the surface, Brothers seems like a simple yet innovative puzzle-adventure game, but it goes much deeper than one would expect, and I can't wait to dive into it. Joining me for that is a very special returning club member, Sarah Amini. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great <laughs> to have you back. Um, yeah, as soon as we we started uh, going through games to, to play, I, I thought this is one that I should send to you and and see if you're interested in. So I'm very glad to have you here uh, talking about it. Super excited to talk about it. Yeah. And also a good friend of mine who I've known for uh, a very long time, I think about uh, 12 or 13 years. Steve Watkins, welcome to the Game Club. Hey, Kevin. Thank you for inviting me to this, and thank you for having me, and Sarah, it's great to be here with you as well. Likewise, Steve. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Um, you know, I again, like, I, I sent you a list of games to play, and I'm really glad you picked this one, because uh, it's been, I think, maybe um, about a decade since I first played this, and I still haven't stopped thinking about it, and I finally get to talk to somebody about this. So I'm really glad you picked it. I am too. I didn't know what I was getting into, but it was it was incredible. So yeah. I can't wait to talk a little more. Yeah. Uh, but before we start talking about it and, and get into a, a deep discussion, is there anything that you'd like to plug, Steve? Um, I don't have any really public projects going on or anything like that. I'm not super active on social media, so I'm just going to keep it real safe and say celebrate teachers. The school year is over, and uh, if you have a teacher friend, go give them a hug and maybe a beer or some tea, whichever they prefer. Um, and, uh, you know, wish all of your parent friends good luck as they navigate that whole pool this this summer. So go teachers. <laughs> yes, I, I completely agree with that. Thank you. Uh, and, and Sarah, is there any any sort of project or, or program that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, very much in line with Steve. Um, not very active on social media, but I would love to promote CASA. Um, it's a program which stands for Court Appointed uh, Special Advocates for Foster Youth. Um, they are a nonprofit so and run completely by volunteers. So if you are able to support them, I know your local CASA would very much uh, <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a, a big deal. Um, and then for myself, uh, just if you want to be part of an episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club, you can send us an email at psplusgameclub at gmail.com with game suggestions or thoughts you have about our monthly featured game. And speaking of that, again, the game we picked to play this month is Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons.
before we we even like talk start talking about this game i feel like this game is going to be like similar to uh something extremely special like this whole episode is is going to be special uh if you remember like back in the 90s when family dramas would would be kind of fun and stuff and they would have advertisements uh when you're watching commercials and and like they would say like you know find out what happens on raising three kids tonight when judy and jim go away for the weekend the kids are left with aunt rachel and things get crazy but then every once in a while like there'd be a commercial where they'd say like tomorrow night on a very special episode of raising three kids things get serious and the voice gets really deep and and it's like tune in don't miss it and i feel like this episode is going to be one of those where things are going to get kind of serious you guys agree yeah (laughs) (laughs) like there's deep announcer voice serious yeah yeah (laughs) can you can you give me like uh like what were your first impressions from playing this game like in the first five minutes like what what did you think about like is this kind of odd or weird to to feel like like you're controlling or or what I always like to play with subtitles and so immediately as soon as the game started I was like okay I don't understand what they're saying maybe it's just me let me turn on the subtitles couldn't figure out for the life of me what was going on there had to google it <laughs> so that it's was like, very much my first impression <laughs> there are yeah there are no subtitles and that's that's a weird thing uh, that you just have to get used to because um, I was watching a commentary. So like just a quick background for if you don't know, when you boot up the game, there is an option to turn on a commentary that I think you can unlock once you finish the game. But uh, you can also find this on YouTube. And the the director of the, the game, Joseph Ferris, has created this this hour long video where he plays through the major points of the game and talks about the development and the history of it. And one of the things that he brings up is that he based the language that they're talking on, uh, on his own hair, like his own uh, native Arabic language. But uh, he wanted to make up his own language for this game to have the player just interpret for themselves what they're, they're saying and like just see the story actions for themselves and not um you know have have someone directly saying what's going on he wanted the the player to interpret feelings in in the game so that was something that was a little bit strange and and jarring for me and when i i replayed it this time i felt like i was watching kind of like a a a weird low budget cartoon yeah when i the, the words that they kept saying were naï and naïa, right? Yeah. And I, as I was starting to play through, because I, I had a similar kind of weird, like, disconnect, like Sarah described, where I'm, I'm like, okay, they're not speaking any language I understand, I guess. I think I'm just supposed to read into this. But as I was playing and trying to wrap my mind around the controls and, like, what my two hands should be doing as one, uh, the brothers would call out naï, naïa, and it wasn't until I was like halfway through that I realized that those were like calling. That was like a naming thing. And even then I was like, does yeah. that just mean brother? Like, are they just babbling? What it, you know, it was, it was really strange for sure. At least according to a few websites, they say that the older brother's name is Naya and the younger brother's name is Nai. But you're right. Those could just be words for brother. And, you know, like in, like in Spanish, you have different versions of, the of this word to denote like the kind of person you're you're speaking to 
and or your relationship to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're, you're kind of forced to just read into what's going on and, and pay attention to the actions rather than, you know, look for a script. He also said that like they went this direction just for budgetary reasons. It was a, a pretty uh, low budget game at the time and it, it was his first game. So like they, they said, well, let's just make up this language and that way we don't have to pay actors uh, to, to perform this. But for reference, like what the gameplay is, is that you control two brothers and try to solve puzzles by controlling them both at the same time. If you have a, a controller in, in your hand, your left hand moves the older brother and your right hand moves and, and does actions for the younger brother. And you have to play with them both at the same time. So I, I often ended up having one brother like run up into a wall and just keep going uh, because I wasn't looking at him. And, and I would also get confused about which brother I was controlling. Did, did that happen to either one of you? As somebody who struggles with left and right, this was very challenging for me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely, yeah. I was doing what you were doing, Kevin, where like I would stop paying attention to one brother and like, have them be running into the wall or like, <laughs> going off into nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Very challenging times. It's, it's hard to just get used to because like I'm, I'm not accustomed to controlling somebody or controlling a character with the with my right hand like i typically under like feel like that should be used for moving the camera around and so uh at the beginning especially i would like move that thinking that i was rotating the camera and that wouldn't happen yeah and i think to that point too it's interesting how this game relies on player intuition like there's no i think they like spell out one instruction at the beginning and beyond that you're kind of left to your own devices to figure out what to do and how to play this game yeah it's very interesting yeah they they often just like say that they they want the player to kind of find their own way so uh, another thing that that fair has talked about in the commentary was that they they didn't include any sort of uh user hud for you to to like read anything on screen and they just wanted the player to to find things and stumble upon things. So, like, if you can make one of the brothers interact with something, you might miss it because you just didn't have him walk over there. And there's no label to say that he can do something. It's just that if you if you get one of them close enough and hit the action button, then they'll do something. And they might do something unique uh, compared to, you know, what the other brother might do. So... I find that uh, pretty fascinating when it comes to to like how that that game is structured. Yeah, I was definitely searching out interactive elements almost in like at, at certain points that like a, a will this work or won't it work? Just like everything that was available to me on screen, which in sometimes it was really cool and effective. And other times it was like, this is a little frustrating. But, you know, that's just the way it was structured. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's only really one action button for you to, to, to use. And that really simplifies the game. So you don't, you don't have to think about, like, whether I, I hit the button for the heavy attack or the light attack. Or, like, you, you have, like, you know, one button for jumping, another button for uh, swinging your sword. It's all just simply, like, move around and then do something. And that's what it is. And, and oftentimes... Uh, if you're like trying to pick something up and hold it, 
you have to hold that button down. So in a sense, I felt like the game also makes you feel like you're you're actually a little bit closer to these brothers because like if they're trying to grip the side of a ledge, you have to keep that that button held down or the in my case it was the the right or the left triggers and uh, you'd have to like really grip it tightly while you you think about who you're moving and you have to be very conscious about like what you're going to push or let go of or whatever. Yeah, I definitely found that out the hard way. Oh no. <laughs> I definitely fell. Yeah. 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 I also did reach out to a couple of other people uh, in, in a couple of different Facebook groups and just asked like, Hey, has anyone else played brothers? And do you want to, uh, you know, comment on this? And I got a couple of responses. Uh, one guy, uh, Max Borgman, uh, let me know that, uh, he, this is what he said. I loved the very unconventional control scheme because it's a learning curve and your growing familiarity with it is deliberately weird in order to fully serve the story, heightening certain emotional moments in a very palpable way. It's something you rarely see in games with the exception of a few other creators like Hideo Kojima and Yoko Taro, who embody the the notion of letting every single aspect of the game, from software to hardware, serve the narrative. Their stories hit different because of that foresight and dedication. And I completely agree with that, where you get this this very heavy sense of, of weight to your own actions, when you you have these brothers perform things or do things that um, you you do feel like you have some connection to, but also like the action that they're performing is going to be different every time, and I I think that you know no matter what they're doing you're always like pushing the same button, but it becomes so familiar that you're just going to push one thing to make them do something. It it feels like you're much more connected to what they're doing. And it feels like it also has more weight to what they're doing. I think the fact that you can't move one too far ahead or too far behind the other to allow the game to progress also contributes to that. The, the, the way that, you know, your hands have to work together to make two figures continue moving, not necessarily like synchronously, but well, yeah, synchronously, but not exactly in the exact same fashion is what I mean. Yeah, um, and I think that that's a that's a really interesting handicap to place on the game, but also really effective. And I I have to say that I there were times when I really felt like I had grasped it and was moving them both in the way that I wanted them to, and they were you know making things happen without really uh, consciously thinking about it. And then you know it's maybe it's like golf the next level i would lose it again <laughs> i would yeah. get out of my state I'm like, no. <laughs> no wait a I second <laughs> yeah and then like uh the the just the controlling them like because you have to control them at the same time sometimes they are like holding two ends of something really big and carrying it uh like like in at the very beginning when um when they the game opens up uh they have to move a cart and you know one one brother is at the front the other is at the back and you have to control them both in moving this one single thing. And you kind of have to wrap your head around that. Talk about it more towards the end. So I won't say any spoil- spoilers, but yeah. I know that like the way you get used to this controlling of like, you know, left hand side is the older brother, right hand side is the younger brother. And by the time you get to the end, you get really accustomed to it, I think. Um, I mean, 
know, there's quite a curveball towards the end. I, yeah. I'm surprised at how emotional these controls made me, which I've never experienced in any other game. And we're we're definitely going to jump into that later. <laughs> but like, you know, just for, for story's sake, uh, the, the setup is that you have these two brothers and mom has died like before the game has started, but we see that and that the, the younger brother watched her drown. He's afraid of water. And then uh, the, that plays into part of the gameplay where like the younger brother is because he's afraid of water. He won't swim and he has to uh, like crawl onto the older brother's back who then swims across like a small, uh, a small river or something. And, and that's how you get past certain points. Also what gets set up in that first chapter is that dad is also sick and he's, uh, he, he's being taken to the, the local doctor and the local doctor tells the, the two boys, like you need to go find the, the tree of life or tree of light, whatever it is. And just like shows them a picture of it and then hands it to them to go ask for help from other people in, in directing them where it is. This again, like this is all things that you just kind of have to interpret and, and watch what's, what's playing out and not really understand the language, but you know, they, they talk to each other for like a few minutes and it's kind of awkward to just see them talking back and forth and you not understanding anything. It also made me feel like I was a foreigner in, in like another place and not really understanding the conversation that was very serious happening in front of me, but just knowing that something is, is very wrong that needs to be uh, addressed pretty quick. Yeah. And I think that the urgency that is delivered in that first scene, uh, I really felt that as I was beginning to play the game, I, I, again, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know how long this game was going to be. And I found myself at least in the very beginning, just like pushing, pushing as fast as I could to get through these levels because of how effective that urgency was was delivered in that opening scene where, where I did not understand a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very it's very well delivered in terms of like not using words, but still conveying a, a conversation that's happening. I felt similarly. Right? I was like almost frustrated because I did feel this urgency, but I was still getting accustomed to how to move the like the camera position yeah navigate using things yeah i think for me it was a little frustrating at the beginning but Mm -hmm. i definitely felt that urgency yeah speaking just in general terms like how would you would you recommend this kind of game to someone or would you say like like i like to to ask people here on the show like how would you rate this on a a scale of one to three it is it a don't bother or it's not worth your time uh, maybe get it at a discount if it, or if you have a subscription, you know, try it out. Uh, or like, I should have paid a lot of money for this. Like, is it that good? Um, you know, I definitely think it is worth your time. I ended up paying, I think $5. It was on sale, um, the normal price of $20, which I think $20 might be a bit much given how short the game is, but I think it's worth paying money for it. I think even like $10 would have been totally worth it. Could have paid a little more. Yeah. I have to agree that it is definitely worth an experience to, to at least try out. Um, And it feels like, you know, maybe, maybe 20 bucks is a little bit high, but it, it is one of those things that I, 
I really can't recommend enough for people to just check out if they have access to it. What about you, Steve? I felt the same way um, that I got it on a discount and that, that seemed to be just right. You know, um, I think I would recommend it more highly for certain people in my life as opposed to others. I, I know for a fact, like one of, one of my brothers interested, coincidentally, uh, would be very <laughs> frustrated by the gameplay and probably wouldn't make it. <laughs> uh, but it's definitely, it's, not yeah, not twenty bucks, but it's worth paying for because the story is. I mean, you know, the puzzles aren't the most challenging, but the story is so compelling and uh, and it's really um, affirming too. I mean, it's just a, it's a good it's a good playthrough. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Unique experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah. Maldaki, sabe? Mafi sadi, abaya? Vida wade. But before we get into a spoiler talk about about brothers, Sarah, you did mention that it did get you a little bit emotional, and inserting in a small section of other books or games or movies recommendations, uh, I wanted to kind of jump off that have there been other games that have kind of made you feel a little bit emotional and uh what would you recommend uh for someone looking for something like that yeah i think some of the more like classically emotional games like (laughs) red dead redemption 2 really really got me um ghost of tsushima actually got me as well and these are definitely like long form games and Way different from Brothers. I think Brothers is unique in that, like, in such a small amount of time without, like, a complex narrative, I think, you know, the story is straightforward enough to intuit it without any dialogue. Um, It was still able to, like, bring me to the emotional state that, like, a very, like, robust game like Red Dead Redemption um, brought me to. Um, But, yeah, I'm usually a big fan of those emotional long games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, what about you? Is there anything you'd recommend? So it's, I didn't have any before really. Um, I haven't really been hit in the feels by games <laughs> too much, you know, where I'm like, Oh, that, that curve right there that like, you know, kind of takes the air out of your lungs and you're just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I need to sit in this. Yeah. Um, but Sarah brought up red dead redemption too. I'm like, and that just triggered my brain a little bit. It's like, Oh wow. Wait, that, yeah, that was incredible. Um, so if you haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2, it's worth it. Um, I, th- I think more like, and it's it, maybe it's weird to compare this to a book, but it, because it's so narrative heavy, um, because the reveal is, it has has the weight of like this this great twist. Uh, it makes me think almost of, of uh, uh, great twists in books that are not necessarily like the revealing of a who a who done it. We got the murderer Hercule Poirot kind of a thing, but more <laughs> like um, I. So I'm not going to reveal anything about this series, but I I've been reading the Expanse book series, and it was book five. There's something that happens in book five of the Expanse series that stopped me in my tracks in a way that I never would have expected. Uh, very similar to the reveal that happened in this game. So. Um, if you're into, you know, some sci-fi interesting stuff, I mean, the Expanse book series, the TV series is incredible too, but 
uh, pick up the book series too. It's it's just it's a lot of fun, and when it gets real, it gets real. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check what, that one out. Um, I remember you recommended me uh, the the book series before, and uh, I haven't gotten to it, but but I should. Um, other games that I I thought of, like I I've been hit a number of times emotionally uh, when playing video games, but like like ones that come to mind are Shadow of the Colossus. That one really hit me and and if you if you've played it or you know anything about it you might know what those particular moments are uh the same goes for telltale's the walking dead uh especially season one um the the very end of that it it wrecked me uh the first time i played through that and and yeah uh telltale knows how to do that um another great series that they made was the wolf among us and the end of the first episode of the wolf among us didn't get me emotional, but I do think it is one of the only games where a cutscene has given me chills straight up and not not in a horror sense, just pure shock. Uh, so so I highly recommend just checking that out. It, it was on the level of like the end of an episode of really good HBO TV. Like it was it was one of those where it's just like, I, I can't believe this just happened kind of thing and the last of us part one like definitely like the first 15 minutes of those like of that will get me emotional um the end of bioshock infinite absolutely like made me like made it so i couldn't sleep that night because of that everything that happened in it but the one that i could not stop thinking about that that i, I thought of like you know what games have made me really feel emotional and i couldn't believe that i'm saying this but Titanfall Two really got me. I don't know what it is about robots that become your friends, but something about certain moments in that game got me teary eyed. And it, it was just that like it, it think of like call of duty meets the iron giant. And that's the, the premise of the game. That's um, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this, this giant robot tank becomes your best friend and, uh, they have a great buddy cop comedy going along the way and then things get serious and it, it gets really, really emotional. Also, you know, Joe's Joseph Ferris has been famous for a couple of other games that he's made after brothers. And uh, one of them is called a way out, which is uh, it's like a prison break uh, premise where two players have to control uh, a prisoner and like these two prisoners have to try and break out of a prison uh, by cooperating together. And then the same kind of concept of cooperation came in his next game called it takes two. And Sarah, you recommended that I, I check out it, it takes two with my wife. And uh, we, we started playing it last week and it's been a lot of fun, but for someone yeah. who doesn't play games, that's a hard one to, to jump into. It is uh, a, a steep learning curve. That's fair. I remember <laughs> playing it with my partner who is way more into video games than I am. And it would lead to near fights at times with like, <laughs> missed platforms. <laughs> Ruin it for him too. Like over and over and over again, but yeah, got through it. Yeah. That was also another emotional game. I think, um, especially towards the end. Mm-hmm, it's very mm-hmm. good. Okay. Yeah looking forward to, to finishing that i think we've gotten through like the first two chapters so we'll keep going but uh i've been told that like i, I should stop 
continuously saying like, oh, it's fine. No, you can do it. You, it's fine. And like, I'm, I'm trying to be your cheerleader all the way through, but we'll make it. I'm sure. Is there anything else that you're reading, watching, playing that you'd like to recommend? Um, no, I okay. don't think so. Um, yeah. Or shout out for It Takes Two. It's nice, but like, it's a co-op game, which is so rare these days. I grew up with those, playing with them with my sister on a PS2. And now we have the online stuff, which I don't really use. And yeah, it was a nice fresh of breath there. Yeah, so, the fresh air. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's more fun to just play with the person next to you rather than, you know, have to coordinate online. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Steve? Is there anything else that you want to recommend and any form of media? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, so I was thinking when Sarah talked about uh, growing up playing uh, cooperative games, I immediately thought of Battletoads and how I used to play that with my, my older <laughs> brother. Um, so yeah, there is something lost when you're trying to always do an online thing. It must. It, I, I'm really interested in some of these Ferris titles, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I've been reading. Uh, you know, I just started a new job, and part of that I've been trying to grow my knowledge base. So I've been reading a lot of uh, indigenous authors. So if you're you know if you're looking for a new book, uh, looking for an author, uh, Stephen Graham Jones does some great uh, Native American themed like horror books and then uh tommy orange is a great uh, author as well marcy rendon does some some great like midwestern uh i, I believe her main characters of jibwe um like whodunits basically uh with a with a really iconic uh character so i don't know um those are those are what i what i'm reading right now and i think it's really great to you know expand the, the library a little bit and include some more voices so um if you're not into those books, at least finding some books by some authors of people who are, you know, way different from you to try and grow your library, grow your knowledge. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, the only other recommendation I have is for next month, we will be talking about the very weird and strange game Blasphemous. Uh, Blasphemous feels like if you were to take a Castlevania game and give it a heavy medieval religious makeover, and add in a lot of obscure lore and horror elements like Dark Souls, uh, it would kind of turn into blasphemous. And I'm really looking forward to dissecting that uh, next month. And again, if you want to be a part of that show, uh, just write in to psplusgameclub at gmail.com. And I look forward to reading any other comments that we get next month. But for now... Let's get into a full spoiler talk for brothers. Starting off. Uh, in chapter one, uh, you know, the, the brothers make their way through this, this town. Were there any particular puzzles or set pieces that you wanted to, to highlight? So I, I just felt, um, we start with, um, uh, the littlest brother mourning the mother out on a cliff overlooking like an endless expanse of sea. 
Yeah. And then we're, we're taken in with this cart with the older brother to an outpost that looks like it's an outpost that's just inland from a cliff that stares out over an endless expanse of sea. And <laughs> when, when finally you crank some stuff, you climb a, you climb a cliff at one point and then you're inside the village. I, for whatever reason, that just kind of hit me as like, Oh, here's the world now, you know? And I, and I had no idea this because the the scope was so limited to just stuck with the two brothers as you're working them through this village and on your way, you don't really have a sense of when that will end either. Um, and so it, it just, it was kind of a profound difference from, you know, being able to see the horizon and seeing nothing there and then just being surrounded by material and like interactive elements um, and only having a very limited scope. I, I just really felt good. <laughs> about yeah. that that really amped for the adventure yeah yeah it, it's kind of strange to have like uh you know the mother die at sea and then have her her grave be right there um on the cliff and and like the it's almost like the the younger brother can't really escape the the idea that you know she died right in front of him and he kind of blames himself for it but we don't really know you, you kind of just get this idea that they are in a remote place that doesn't have much. And uh, that that's another reason why, like, you know, they, they have to go on this huge journey to, to help dad because he can't really get the, the care from the doctor that they have. Yeah. And I'll say that first part, too, is interesting in terms of, like, the characters and the emotions of it, where it starts really heavy and, you know, like, dad's really sick and you're feeling this urgency and you get into town and there's this weird little guard that kind of feels like childlike almost, or it's yeah. like a cartoon character, bad guy, like snickering, trying to like <laughs> get in your way. It felt, it was such a dramatic shift almost. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess it's like a lighthearted game, I think. He, he was like the local bully that would just stop them from doing anything and, and really was just there to annoy them. So when you eventually get to, uh, you know, release a small dog out of its cage and, you know, have him chase the, the bully. It felt pretty satisfying, but still very, very cartoony in a, in a certain way. Uh, and fun fact about that is that uh, the dog was modeled using Joseph Ferris's own dog. In the commentary, he says that uh, they, they just like brought in his dog one day and they scanned the dog and then like mapped the dog onto the character model they had and used use that as, as like a small nod to his own family. And then um, as for like the, the motion acting that they have, Joseph Ferris did all of that himself because they, they didn't have the budget to pay actors. So they just had like a bunch of, you know, a, a bunch of suits that he got into and did the mocap for, uh, and then they had a couple of actors, uh, you know, with a, a a script that, you know, had a language that he made up, but he also gave them uh, a full script so they would have the the full emotions behind all the words that they were saying, uh, you know, kind of an, an I am Groot case going on here where, uh, you know, they know what they're saying, but we don't. Right. Is that does that include does his uh, motion acting include the interactions of the two brothers that like the, the diverse interactions that they have. I think so. And, and you know, those, he, he also said that like, he doesn't want to have 
have actions repeated so much that they get bland. Uh, he, he said that in the commentary, they, they tried not to repeat, repeat too many things. Uh, he wanted the game to have a lot of unique one-time elements like, you know, the, the dog and the field uh, a little bit later. Um, he said if they had more time, they would have made it so nothing was repeated. But th- there are a couple of repeated things like the, the broken ladder and the rope that um, you have to make, like you kind of have to have the, the older brother boost up the younger brother to reach the broken ladder and then drop a rope down so they can both climb up the, the ledge. But aside from that, like, yeah, there were completely different actions for them to do. Like a good example of that in the first section is you can find a well and uh, the the older brother will just peer into it, but the younger brother will spit into it. Uh, you know, like the kind of stuff that young kids do. And like those kinds of different actions are all throughout the game. There's... I found myself taking the little brother up to interact with things before the big brother. <laughs> but then at one point you like you have to have the younger brother interact with some something like there's a, a guard that's asleep in front of a bridge that is is up and you know they need to lower this this bridge to get across the gap and the older brother just tries to wake him up and the guy just shrugs him off but the younger brother dumps a bucket of water on the guard and that wakes him up right away and then he lowers <laughs> the bridge that kind of like like younger, more playful stuff that the the younger brother can do um, adds a little bit of levity to the game in the beginning, and, and I think it's really nice to to kind of bring it out of the seriousness that that is set up that you mentioned, Sarah. You know, eventually you get to like the outskirts of the village. You can like you know run up to the the kid that's like throwing a, what looks like a basketball at a hoop, and have the younger brother throw it uh, and like make the basket. Which is cool. Were those um, achievements for you guys? Because I, I was, I you know, maybe this is taboo or whatever, but I was playing this on my Switch. So it, it, whenever I did something random like that, it gave me an achievement of yeah. like, you know, switch, you know, swish or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and he, yeah. Th- th- those are peppered throughout the whole game. And Joseph Ferris again said that he wanted the achievements, the trophies, whatever, to be like these miniature little stories that you could find along the way and they would almost have nothing to do with the other uh, like the rest of the game but they would just be these other stories that they could tell like one of those like in the the village outskirts is there is this i I don't know if you found this but there is a like a, a a small fire pit in the middle of a clearing and there's a pack of bunnies that are hopping around in the area they're all black except one of them and one of them is white and uh what you can do and like i I didn't know that you could do this until i saw the video but joseph ferris does it and what you can do is have the younger brother walk up to the white bunny and pick it up and then kind of roll it around in the fire pit and cover it in in a dark ash and then it can go join the darker bunnies and because like it keeps chasing them around and they keep running from it. And then it becomes like, you know, one of the family and the younger brother helped to do that. I thought it was really delightful that I like, wasn't sure how many of those achievements there were, but every time that there was something interesting, I just kind of walked over to it, interacted with it. That was one that I, that I did do. And I, uh, because I was using the younger brother for his funny 
you know, remarks or whatever first that like, it just immediately, you know, took the rabbit, coated it and soot and then left it. And it was like achievement. And I was like, yeah. oh, sweet. <laughs> I totally missed that one. Now I'm sad. Oh. <laughs> I definitely remember petting, petting a cat. That was cute. Oh yeah. Right outside yeah. The uh, there's another uh, interesting puzzle where like you kind of have to like dodge this dog as you're jumping across hay bales through a, a field. And yeah. I didn't realize you could do this, but you could whistle to the dog and get him to run over to one of the brothers while the other one jumps down and runs to the next set of hay bales. And uh, I was just, you know, waiting for the dog to uh, go around to one side of the hay bales. So then I would barely make it uh, when the brother got to the next set of hay bales. Uh, so that was that was felt like kind of a hairy puzzle that I didn't th- I, I thought was a lot harder than it actually was because they didn't try all the actions. But um, like, how was that for you guys? Did did you end up like having not having trouble with that one? Yeah, I, I um, because I and it could have been accidental too. As I mentioned, I, I really struggled with the controls a lot of the time. But when one of the brothers got up on a hay, hay bale and then I just perhaps accidentally, maybe intentionally press the action button and then the resulting whistle and the dog ran over there. That one I was able to get through pretty quickly. I definitely ran into a few others at the beginning that were, I, as soon as I got them figured out, I was like, this, this is, this is, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is is how my brain works, I guess. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, I got very trigger happy with those action buttons after a while. So <laughs> I, yeah. I figured, look, this is the only way to play this game is just continuously press this button and see what happens. Um, but for that specific part, it took me a hot minute yeah. to realize that they could do that. Yeah. Uh, so then, like, near the end of this area, you keep climbing the mountain. And did you end up seeing like benches along the way that you could just sit back and relax at sat at every single bench i think (laughs) yeah yeah they're peppered throughout the entire game and you can just sit at them and look at the view and uh you know that it they really are like each unique and very picturesque uh so i did take a couple of screenshots of those um just to to look at later but they, they look really nice and then after you pass a couple of those benches you run into a troll that at first I thought like I was going to have to fight somehow, but he was friendly and he he, was, yeah, but, but he was also kind of friendly and he reminded me kind of like uh, Shrek. If Shrek was better understood by the village. Yeah. No pitchforks there. It was just a a sad, friendly troll giant. Yeah. (laughs) Hanging out. And then he helps you continue your journey by, by like, picking you up and, and then like uh, placing you on cliffs or throwing you across gaps. Uh, that was cool. Or, or like, he'll like reach between two different cliffs and let you walk across his arms, uh, which was kind of funny. I, I, I just want to say that I loved that part. I, because it's uh, it, it gave a really good look at just how rugged the terrain had become. And again, yeah. like I mentioned, I sat at every single bench because I'm a freak and I was like craving <laughs> that horizon look. I just like I wanted to see more. And the way that the troll giant interacted with the mountain and how it helped you interact with the mountain, 
was just so cool. I, yeah. I loved it. The art was beautiful. Yeah, it was a great change of expectations as far as uh, a game goes, where like if you run into a troll that looks like this, you just assume that you're going to have to fight him. That's not the case here. Like he's he's friendly and he's here to help you, even though he's a lot bigger than your characters. Kind of a nice change of pace as well. Right? Yeah, you're interacting with this giant to get around rather than just climbing. Yeah. Over and over again. da? <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, you eventually get to the, like, a cave that I I guess, like, he jumps down into a pool of water, and that leads you to a cave that is actually a mine where other trolls are there mining out gold or, or whatever ore is in there. And there are a ton of mechanical puzzles, and this stage was where my brain started to kind of bend when solving these puzzles. Like there's, there's a, a point where you have to grab onto uh, uh, like chains that are attached to a conveyor belt and then have one brother hold on to those chains while the other one has to turn cranks that open doors for the chains to pass through. Um, oh yeah. You know, these yeah. were, these were some of those crazier puzzles. Like, what did you think of these, these really weird puzzles? You go first, Sarah, because I have a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I was just going to say this is probably, this was the most challenging part of the game, at least, like, solving the puzzles in this part, because it was, again, like, there's no instruction on what to do, and I also kept, I didn't keep getting lost, but I got turned around a couple of times as well, which did not help. Yeah. And fell many times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the best gamer. But, yeah, I think out of all of the uh, parts of the game, this is the most challenging gameplay. Yeah. What were you going to say, Steve? Well, so, first of all, this the troll-like city under the earth gave me some real Skyrim vibes of the, oh, yeah. the deep dwarven cities. That I was like, yeah. oh, this Drama. is great. Taking me back to like, uh, going way too deep. You know? <laughs> oh, um, I hated those. <laughs> it was like... Uh, it was the kind of one where I, I played an archer and just walked through on a crouch the whole time, hoping nothing ever saw me. Um, <laughs> same. So I, that, I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love this area. And, and just to provide some context, in the last section, I spent almost an hour on the stupid sheep puzzle because I couldn't grasp <laughs> the fact that a sheep <laughs> would, would go on a hamster wheel. Um, <laughs> it took me a while too. <laughs> I, I really struggled with that, and then when it came into this giant city, uh, that like whatever part of my brain was active for problem solving really engaged. I, I flew through this section, but I also just really liked it because yeah. uh, one of the one of the interactions, uh, Kevin, that you had talked about from the beginning was using the two brothers together with uh, an item with two different ends to it. And there's a point here where you have to pick up like a pillar and or or a lever or something. You have to navigate it through this warren of like blocks and things. And you're, you're the brothers are kind of carrying it over stuff. And yeah, like that was like a like a like an etch a sketch that you're just trying to retrace. You know, and yeah, I, I 
really, really liked that. And it, it wasn't until I got past a lot of those mechanical puzzles to where you're like literally dangling from walls again, that I started falling and stuff. I, you know, I was, I was just like flowing through this one and I, I just really digged it. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like when I was, when I was going through that, that one puzzle where you have to carry the giant pipe and you have a brother at each end of it and they're, they're navigating those, those blocks. I just thought to myself, like how many times have I moved a giant dresser and right. like, you know, <laughs> helped somebody else move it. And, and it's kind of like, well, okay, you need to back into the doorway here and then turn and then like, we'll go this way. And, th- and that's what it felt like. And, and I loved it. Then, like, you get to the end of this mine, and there's another troll trapped in a cage. And, uh, you know, it's another friendly troll. She's just, she points at the lock and then points to the lever that, by the way, the older brother can tur- can pull those levers. The younger brother can't because he's not strong enough. If you've tried to make the younger brother pull them, it's kind of funny where he just kind of hangs off the lever and it doesn't move. But, uh, like... You have to get the the younger brother to squeeze through the bars to where the a third troll is that's guarding this area. Uh, he's he's like guarding a gate. You have to steal the key off of him, go unlock the cage, and then have the older brother pull the lever, and the troll escapes. But then, like, you know, she doesn't take you with her. Instead, like you now have to deal with the the guard troll who is uh, chasing after you and you end up like using the younger brother to bait him into the cage and then shut the door behind him. And the younger brother can just squeeze through the bars and it's fine. I thought that was one of the like the more comedic, like funny moments of the game Uh, and and a puzzle that that had me thinking a little bit more outside the box. I think so, too. I didn't realize, too, at the very at first, too. have the younger brother squeeze through the bars. I was trying to get him to walk right out the door again. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, but also very rude of the other troll to just leave them hanging. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like you, you come across to another area where you have to fight this other troll and you're like, you have the younger brother baiting him around the room to then smash parts of the wall that, uh, pull away anchors that that's like uh, like stopping a gate in the floor from opening. And then you, you get him to uh, like stand on this gate while the, the older brother pulls a lever and the gate opens up and he falls through, but he doesn't fall completely. Like he hangs on uh, like he's a bodybuilder and he just like braces himself at the top of this hole that has just opened up beneath him. And you have to get both brothers to go down and pull his hands up off the, the edge. And I felt really bad for this troll at this point. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh man, this is kind of brutal to like, you know, both brothers have to go down and work together to hopefully not kill this troll, just make him fall down this, this pit. And maybe he'll end up where the other guys are like mining the, the ore and he'll just like have to run back up here at some point. But it was still a fun puzzle, but it was kind of like, eh, I don't know how this makes me feel right now. Yeah, that was the first. So when you encounter the first troll up on the mountain and, and like you said, Kevin, you're like, who yeah. do I have to fight? Like when when that thought crosses your mind, you're also like, how am I going to do this with this controller layout? Like, how am I going to do this by controlling these two characters? And I thought yeah. 
was the first like quote unquote boss fight because there were multiple interactions you had to make uh, in order to get through the stages to eventually move past it. Yeah. And I just thought it was such a fun, interesting way to, to consider a boss fight, like a, a totally different kind of engagement for how you would, uh, you know, take a, tackle a level and, and move past like the, the quote unquote boss of that space. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a great way to do it to, to kind of create this, this sense of combat without actually fighting. You just had to like, you know, uh, bait them around the room and that's it. It almost felt like childlike again. Right? Yeah. Where, like I could see it happening in like a kid's cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting given what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey! So then you leave the mine with the the troll that you freed from the cage. She's with you and you run into the first troll from the other side of the mountain. And there are a couple. I didn't realize this at first, but then I thought about, I thought back like, oh, yeah, there were two beds at that troll's house and he was alone. So you just res- rescued the troll's wife and brought her back uh, to, to her husband. So that was pretty cute. I, I enjoyed that. And then they just kind of send you on your way. And that's that's it for their story. But that's another like small story that you, you get to see along the way of the whole game. We have like this cutscene that that changes to night uh, at back back where like the doctor's uh, house is and the the dad is is still sick there. And we have one of those really cool transitions where the camera goes peers out from the the house, points up to the stars, and then turns and pans down to where the boys are. Uh, that was like one of those like movie moment kind of uh, transitions that that I thought to myself like, oh, like they they got kind of artsy with this. This is really cool. This like, is the point of the game where I was like, really hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same for me. Yeah, yeah, because like this is the chapter where they start out in the woods at night and like there are wolves that are starting to approach them. And as the, the older brother has to pick up one of the, the logs from the fire and use it as a torch to like fend them off. But the younger brother can't do that. I tried to have him pick up a torch too. And he's like, ah, I burned my hand. But like, you have to like uh, use the, the older brother to uh, wave the torch at these wolves. And if he gets too far ahead of the younger brother, the wolves come up from behind and attack. So you really have to keep in mind of like where they both are at the same time. That was a really interesting puzzle. I, I liked yeah. how the speaking of artsy, just I, I think about the way that the the gameplay played out with like the encroaching darkness, right? That was representative of the wolves, and then the wolves' eyes were just kind of glowing in it. Yeah, I just thought yeah. it was a really awesome effect, you know, and it totally different from what you just jumped out of. Yeah. You know, th- what that last chapter was, it was all like fun and whimsical. This one was getting kind of dark. Yeah. This almost reminded me of like a horror game gameplay, like Alan yeah. Wake, 
I remember. Yeah. And also, did you guys notice the hanged bodies above them? Yeah. yeah. Casually. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I was very shocked. <laughs> like, this is... <laughs> This is the start of that on the very special episode. Right? <laughs> think, yeah. think things get a little serious now. And then uh, there's there's like this moment where they they both like fall into a, a, a river that's moving really fast. They go over a waterfall and one of them ends up on a high cliff. The other the younger brother ends up on a low cliff and you have to like move the branch that the younger brother, the older brother can uh, hold on to. The younger brother has to climb it. But like it, up in the way, there are like these uh, tree monsters that I didn't notice the first time. And you just straight up grabbed the, the younger brother and killed him. They, they look like tree stumps and then they have hands for br- like branches for hands. And they just they move just a little bit and they're really creepy. That one, that's another <laughs> reference there. Sarah, you were talking about like a horror game. Like those are straight out of a horror game. I I thought they were really cool looking. Yeah. It would have been neat to see them more. But again, like Ferris said, like we don't really want to repeat stuff here. So you, you see them once and it's, it's really neat. Was this the section with the, with the cemetery as well? Yeah. Yeah. That this whole, this whole the start of this aesthetic was like very spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. You have like some guy with a lantern at the church that directs you to go through the cemetery. It, it's pretty cool looking. Um, yeah. And then after they, they like, fall into the water again there's a dream sequence and it it was weird but like the younger brother goes into the water and starts to sink the younger the older brother like jumps in and pulls him out of the water they both like go up this hill and there is a giant that is laying down next to the river and it's their mom the the younger brother talks to her uh, according to Joseph Ferris, they were saying, don't be afraid. Uh, you need to grow. Uh, that kind of thing. And then the the older brother like grabs him and starts hitting him and just being a real asshole. But, uh, you know, it, I, I couldn't really understand why this was happening. This was uh, t- it was it was really weird. Right. So it yeah. grabbed your because it's so strange and like you can tell that it's a dreamy sort of sequence um and at the same time it's just close enough to what the reality was that you're like "Eh, is it a dream really though uh which i guess is like you're uh, you're approximating a dream pretty well then and i don't know why the older brother was was hitting him either i think maybe it was because he was like in the real world trying to revive him uh, maybe yeah but but the way the whole thing played out was uh, was very eerie, um, and I, I struggled with getting the little brother to the right plate, like the right physical position to engage the action to talk to the mother for whatever reason. But um, outside of that, like difficulty that I had, it was just a really interesting, um, like a, it was almost like an aside. Yeah, I, I just saw like, you know, when when the older brother gets on top of the, the younger one, like he, he starts hitting him. I just thought like, well, this is what older brothers do sometimes. Uh, they can be real assholes. And I, I'm a, an older brother. I've been a real asshole. I at, at times I, I regret it. And then at the end of the dream, though, like he starts to choke the, the younger brother. And so I guess maybe it would just started to turn into a nightmare. 
like it, it it then cuts to the the real world and the older brother is trying to wake up the younger brother by shaking him and that's what translates into the dream like it, it's just kind of weird like that i guess They wake. They both wake up, and it's daylight again. They're in this new area that I. I just. I. The chapter names are not named here. That so I just named them like the, here are the high rocks. Like that's where they are. They're in the mountains. Um, yeah. Right at the beginning, you start to go along the path, and you see up in the corner of the screen, out in the distance, there is a guy who is just about to hang himself on a tree. Did yeah, you casual? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you end up saving him? Yes. Okay. okay. I thought that, that was yeah. part of the plot, but it was. Oh yeah. And, and like, thing? yeah, you can. So it's weird. Like he's not even on the direct path for you to go. So like you have to, you can see him from the path and you can see him do it, but you can just pass right by and, and let him go about doing his thing. Um, you can bring both brothers down there and have the older one lift him up, uh, so that he's not hanging from the tree and, uh, have the younger brother climb up the tree and untie the rope, but you have to do it while the older brother is still holding it up. Otherwise the, the younger one can't, you know, get a grip on the knot or whatever. Uh, and I didn't realize this the, the first time I saw it, but next to the tree that he was hanging, there is a house that has been burned. And there are two bodies, one of a, you know, an adult and then what looks like a child. They're both covered in like a sheet. And this guy, after you take him down from the tree, he starts just weeping uh, beneath it. And this is another one of those like small stories that uh, Ferris is telling using, you know, the the trophies where like you can get a trophy for doing this. But uh, I, I didn't realize you could do this until I saw his video. Uh, with a commentary, but you can find your way along the side of the cliff into the house and find like a music box and bring that back to the guy who's weeping. And this kind of brings him out of his, you know, this terrible state that he's in and gets him to, I guess, move on with life uh, as hard as that is. But you end up helping him bury his, uh, his wife and, and child. Uh, right there and then he leaves instead of just hanging himself so that that's like the the small story um i didn't when i when i first found him i just saved him i didn't know what to do after he was was crying but uh did you end up doing anything beyond just getting him off the tree yeah um this this little uh, story is one of the reasons why this section of the game was by far my favorite mm-hmm. and i don't know if we divvy it up all the same but the, the things that i lump into this section this is included it's, it's just i loved it and i i initially i didn't you know figured out i he was weeping and i knew that there was a burnt house and i saw that there was a cliff extending out from the house and i thought well maybe that's something i could get to but i just don't know how 
and I started moving on. But every time that I went up the hill, which was to the left of where this, this whole thing happened, you know, he doesn't leave the view, you know, he, he's just down there weeping. And so I, I couldn't leave it alone. Yeah. Um, so I wound up going back and trying to figure it out. And I eventually did uh, get the two brothers over there and find the music box. And I was really happy that I did because the way that it ended with them helping to bury those, the two bodies and seeing this person has a little bit of closure. Uh, it, it's just, it's just a, a little small, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I have a cold, dead heart. Where's the bunnies now? Don't, don't feel too bad. Like I couldn't figure it out the first time. And I, I left him there too. You know, if you can, you know, find a way to, to get into the house, you can bring a memento back to him that, uh, brings him out of that, you know, other parts of this chapter, which I thought were really cool was you get to meet the, uh, oh, well, first there is a, a mountain goat ride that you both, like both the brothers climb mountain goats. And then, uh, you know, you get to, to ride these mountain goats across like, uh, you know, big gaps, which is really cool. Climb some really steep cliffs. Uh, then, um, there's an inventor who is living up in this remote house that, uh, he's, he's gotten a bunch of contraptions together, which is pretty cool. Uh, there is like this giant musical horn up in the corner of his house that doesn't do anything, but you can blow into it and you can change the pitch of the horn. So it's a, it's a giant musical instrument. And, uh, I, I don't know if there's any reward to playing around with it, but it's just kind of a cool concept that's right there. Then um, he's got like drawings on his table that were actually sketch concepts for the game uh, that Joseph Ferris just threw in there because they needed some art for the the game. Um, he there's like a a telescope that you can look through, and if you freed the parrot back in like the village, uh, you know, which f- felt like hours ago, if you freed the parrot back there, you can find the parrot. Uh, meeting up with a mate uh, somewhere out in the forest mm-hmm. using the telescope. And uh, that's another one of the, the cute stories that he, he highlights in his commentary video. Did you end up finding that one? That one's really hard to find. So if you didn't, I don't blame you. I didn't see it the first time. No, I didn't. No. It's cute though. Yeah. 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 It sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's very adorable. You know, back to the cartoony style. That, that I feel like the inventor has as well. And then yeah. like you get to take this glider from him that he just directs you to, and you get to fly the glider using the two brothers as weights to steer. So I, I definitely loved it, but so I have one, uh, one complaint about game mechanics uh, that is tied up with this glider. And I, I had a lot of trouble with it even though I understood the mechanics of how to navigate the glider. Um, but so I, I didn't mind playing it 10, 20 times over and over <laughs> and over again, because it was so pretty. Um, but it also, for whatever reason, the way that the camera pans and the way that you're, so you're moving the brothers from left to right, sort of as counterweights on this glider to move the glider from left to right. So you don't crash into the cliff faces or, you know, cave walls or anything like that. Um, and I thought I had it figured out and 
over and over and over again, the older brother would, would just drop off at one point when the camera panned again over to the left, huh. and he was just a little bit too far over. Um, and I, like I even tried different things to correct it. I just really struggled with like navigating this flyer over into the next section, even though it was very nice to do it repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, like, yeah, yeah, I. I think I, I crashed it one or two times, but that was it. Um, you know, I, I did, I was very cautious when I was trying to fly it though, because like, I, I would be like, okay, move just a little bit. Okay. Move back a little bit. And I was very, I was trying to be very precise with the, the movements that I had the brothers doing because it felt like their, their weight had a big impact on, uh, on the direction of the glider. But um, eventually they, they like crash it at the base of like a tower that, uh, they can't really climb conventionally and they end up like tying a rope around each of their waist. And now they are connected to each other. You know, it, it gets kind of cartoony, but I, at the same time I was looking at this thinking like, I don't think they could each support each other's weight like this. That's like they're I really, <laughs> they're really heavy. <laughs> like. So Especially the little brother trying to yeah. carry on the older brother. I was like, that's not a thing. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it does, elaborate, you know, <laughs> it does like have a really cool mechanic though. where like, you have to like have one of them climb up one spot and then have the other one let go. So he swings, you know, around the other direction. That was, that was really neat. And I thought that was, that was a fun mechanic to, to puzzle around. Yeah, it was really fun getting them to swing and you know, suspending disbelief, right? It was it was cool once you figured it out to have them swinging all over the place and, you know, ascending in that way. Yeah. This tower was huge. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize... Cool. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it was cool that they found another way to kind of diversify more climbing, but yeah. it didn't feel the same. It was... Yeah. But, like, I didn't realize that the the tower itself was like inhabited by a giant until I got up to the top of the, the top room. And, uh, you know, at that point it like, you get up there and see that like, Oh, right. This, this tower is, uh, is a giant's tower. I should have realized that by the size of the windows and the stairs that you go past. But, uh, you know, you get up into this, this room and it has a giant bed and a desk and on the desk, there is a caged kind of griffin thing that looks a little bit like an owl as well. So it, it and it's it's like crying inside this cage and you end up using the brothers to free it and then fly it out of the tower. This is another one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a cool like fantasy character that you get to run into. I thought they were going to help the bird first. So I was pretty upset that they just immediately flew on it. And <laughs> <let> it <die. laughs> there, was, there was blood on the table. Yeah, it was it hurt. Was very <laughs> but it, okay. it it just kind of it seemed like it was ready to go. Like you can you can inter, you can use the the younger brother to interact with it, and it's friendly. But then the you know it, immediately it just turns around and motions for you to get up on its back. So it seemed like it was like, let's go, let's get out now before, you know, whoever it is comes back. Yeah, I wondered how long it had even been there because it looked like that whole tower was decrepit, you know, 
the mm-hmm. it, like, I, it looked like the bed was slept in and everything, but everything else about it was like falling apart. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like the, you know, the, the giant that was there is often like has gone to war and it just never came back. fly it and like you don't really have to control it it just flies itself in a cutscene and then as soon as it lands it just dies and that that was one of those moments where i was like what why come on yeah me too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> and and then like the a feather floats off of it and the the older brother picks it up and looks at it and uh, it triggers a memory for him where he's learning to fish and, and dad's teaching him how to fish. And I realized at this point, like, oh, each of these brothers had different relationships with their parents. And mm-hmm. the the older one was closer with dad. Younger one's closer with mom. And like they they don't really have the same connections to their parents. And and in that, like that changes the the way I viewed the story so far where like that, that makes more sense of like why the, the younger brother is not as serious about the situation as the older one. Right. It's not just an age thing. It's also a relational thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't explicitly make that connection, Kevin, until, uh, well, I didn't explicitly make that connection, but it, it was another thing that like, as you said that it sort of awoken, or it, it awoke something in my brain that was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Wait, if we look at this new way now, yeah, um, it makes the, it makes it all that much, the ending that much more powerful, which we'll get to, but yeah, yeah that's a great point. <laughs> so this is like, uh, th- this next part is where it gets like even creepier, but it's still like during the daytime. I, I thought this section was so cool. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Like there are, there are dead giants everywhere and it looks like they were fighting. It looks like they were fighting each other because there are giant arrows sticking out of some of them. Uh, there are some very gruesome puzzles to solve. Like yeah. you, you have to like move an arrow that's sticking out of a giant's arm to get past it. You have to shoot a giant with a giant crossbow and it like nails him between the eyes and makes him fall off a cliff and clears the way for you to keep going. Uh, or, or like you have to, Oh yeah. Well, like there's, there's like this, this stream that you're walking through and then it slowly starts to turn red. Like you're just kind of like wondering like what, what's going on here? Why is the, why is there blood in the water? And then you, you see one of the giant's arms and you're like, Oh God. Oh my God. (laughs) And then like the worst one was when you have to cut a giant's leg off with a massive ax to, to get it out of the way so you can keep going. Uh, but like, this is like where it gets kind of gruesome. And, uh, my wife, Carrie was on the, the sofa next to me watching this. Oh, and she yeah. was like, this is really, wow. Like, this is really gross. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, this is, uh, it's getting ugly. Take a moment to go from 
remember when at the beginning we were talking about how it's so cartoonish and lighthearted. <laughs> I mean, yes, the dad was sick, but it felt like a little kid's show. Yeah. And it just slowly progressed to this nightmare. Yeah. It was very unexpected, but very cool. Yeah. yeah and it's oh. so violent. Right, the just the perfectly positioned crossbow for you to nail the giant head. The perfectly <laughs> axe for you to sh- you know push it over and let gravity do its work. You know, yeah. it was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> and then, like the the river becomes just more and more saturated with blood as you go down it, and there at the bottom of like this waterfall, there is a blood cult of people the the size of the brothers. They're not giants, but just regular people that are worshiping the, the the waterfall of blood that is coming off the mountain. And uh, they have a woman tied up, like a young woman who's looks like she's about the age of the older brother. And you have to, first of all, you have to like run from them because they're they're like going to attack you if they see the brothers. And you have to run from them and you hide behind like this pillar that you can see an image of what this like blood God that they're worshiping looks like. So then you get the brothers to walk underneath a blood waterfall and get covered in blood and then uh, stand on like one stands on the other's shoulders to become the shape of the blood God and trick these worshipers into thinking they're seeing whatever the the thing that they're worshiping and free the the young woman that again like this is one of those like horrible yet brilliant things that that you have the brothers do and i i loved this kind of puzzle wasn't sure how long they were gonna let you walk like shamble around as the blood god with their <laughs> with their prey essentially i was yeah. like when is this all fall apart and it turns out pretty quickly but you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i also wasn't sure if this was like another side thing too where kind of like the hanged or, or almost hanged person like yeah. yeah seems insane i thought you just free her and be on our merry way but she sticks around. She does. Yeah. Like you'll like, I thought like we were going to like take her back to her village or, or like she was just going to go her own way, but she takes you to a rowboat that, you know, you, you then like get to uh, the, like the frozen iceberg area. And there are some orca whales that have a few extra fins. So they look a little bit mm-hmm. fantastical, but they, yeah, they are like, like pretty to look at and majestic, but they are deadly too because they crushed the rowboat one time for me. Yeah, I I, um, I was careless once, uh, and, and, I, <laughs> and I, I timed things poorly, and the orca killed me. Yeah, uh, I really like this area though because I like the mechanic of steering the boat, and it was really serene uh, in a way after the uh, after the bloodbath, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, a literal bloodbath. That's a good one. I didn't think about how, how literally it is. Yeah. There are like giant sea turtles that you can like bring that. They're like baby sea turtles, but they're huge and you can bring yeah. them to their mother who is yeah. missing them. 
that was kind of a sweet moment. I really liked that. Yeah. Uh, there is an overlooked bench that you can sit at and, and like take in the view. And if you wait long enough, you can watch the orca whales down in the sea jump out and, and like jump around the icebergs. That's really nice. Cool. Uh, then you end up like finding a handful of lumberjacks that are frozen solid in snow. Like, it's not like they're frozen in ice. It's just like they've been turned into snow. And that's kind of ominous. Yeah. Yeah. A little creepy. Um, But it has also one of the the cooler puzzles that I thought of in the game where, like, you have to pull out the, like, a a saw, like a two-man saw, and have the brothers saw a tree down to, to create a bridge. And just the action of that to coordinate the back and forth was pretty cool. And and I, I really liked that. Yeah, this section. Uh, that's I, I was scared to walk across the log. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that like the the young woman that you, that was with you at this point? I realized like when she went across the log, she moved in a really nimble way. Yeah, like she was she was very nimble, and Joseph Harris said that was intentional. So you know you can make a note of that. Seeing um a large crowd outside this town that she's taking you to was kind of creepy because they're all frozen solid in snow, just like the lumberjacks, you know, that, that kind of made me feel uneasy. And it's even worse when you have to uh, push, push like this giant catapult down the hill and it goes straight through this crowd and they just kind of disintegrate. That was sad. Yeah. But it's like, Frozen Village was like, yeah, it was very creepy, right? Very, very creepy. And then you find like this this invisible Yeti in it who is patrolling the streets of this frozen village and you have to hide from him. And again, really creepy. Uh, yeah, because you're posing behind these like frozen yeah. dead people here. <laughs> it's pretty horrible. And then he walks over and picks one up that no one's hiding behind and just crumples it. Yeah, but, scary. Yeah, I I wasn't sure. Just, I I thought my I at first thought my game was glitching because I was like, here here are these massive footprints and thunderous footsteps <laughs> and yeah, there's nothing there, but it's terrifying and <laughs> eating things. And I was like, what happened to my game? <laughs> okay, well they they clearly like they coded footprints, so it's intended to be invisible. I because maybe you couldn't even get the whole thing on the camera if it was that large. But um, yeah, that was, it was yeah. just a weird moment for me. Yeah, it, it was really, it just kind of lets your imagination do the work for you, even though like they are clearly like sort of humanoid footprints going along. And it sounds like this thing's supposed to be an abominable snow- snowman. So you could kind of guess what it's supposed to be, but maybe they just didn't have the budget to animate it. So they just said like, well, we'll make footprints here and make it creepy because it's invisible. Uh, and then, you know, if you do get caught by it, it just kind of lifts you up in its invisible hand and crushes you and that's it. Uh, so, yeah. so that's all you can see, but just not seeing it is an even creepier thing. And it's kind of an imaginative thing for like this, fantastical world i like that it was invisible it was scarier (laughs) (laughs) again your imagination does the work yeah like you get through the village past this thing the it starts to become nightfall and 
the young woman has led you to this this cave that is below a tree and the young brother argues with the older one about whether or not they should follow her. This is like the first sign that things aren't all they seem. And maybe this isn't a good idea, even though it's kind of like, you know, there, there's some, some division between them and it's kind of intentional for you to feel that way. You know, that has this, this younger woman kind of intended to, to create this division or, like, does she realize what's going on between the two brothers yet? I feel yeah. like she was definitely coming on strong to the older brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throughout this time. So I wasn't surprised by the dynamic. And I almost wondered if the younger brother was, like, jealous or, like, feeling like a third wheel, kind of. Yeah, that's what I, I thought, felt, too. Like, it felt intentional. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. feeling creeped out by the by the young woman at this point, because at this point as she's making her way through the village. She's not only is she nimbly jumping over logs, but she's like leaping gaps and bridges and doing all sorts of things that are not what people do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. And then like, uh, you know, I, I was thinking to myself the first time I played it, I was like, well, you know, they have a friend now. Come on. Like, you're not appreciative of like her, like you rescued her. Of course she's fine. You follow her into the, the cave that she takes you through. And the perspective that they take you through is, is really cool. Cause you only see the shadows of, of them and you crawl down through this burrow and you have both brothers crawl through it. And then she's the third one in line and crawling behind you. And the screen gets dark and you just hear the sound of something happening and it sounds kind of monstrous. And the next thing you see, she's transformed into this sort of centaur spider in a sense where like she's got an upper torso still, but uh, her lower body is now a giant spider that is about to attack the boys. And at this point, Carrie still on the couch next to me just goes, what the fuck? I did too. (laughs) (laughs) My notes are Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) This whole section for me was like, what? Because the way we'll get into it, but the way you defeat it too is just grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. She like she ends up containing the two boys inside of this webbed ball. And then uh, you have to like get the boys to swing the ball up against the wall. And that like makes it fall off the string that it's attached to the ceiling. And then uh, the, the older brother breaks out of it and the younger brother stays in and you have to use the younger brother inside this ball to run into her and get her to uh, topple over on her back. And then have the older brother pull one of the legs off. 
and it's brutal. It is brutal. It and it, <laughs> again, Carrie, she just looks at me and just goes, "This is really fucked up." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know. Um, and it, like every time you pull one of them off, I start to feel a little bit sorry for the the spider. But then she starts to attack again, and you're reminded, like, oh, no, she wants to kill you and eat you. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. She lured your, you here. She knew. <laughs> <laughs> so then the, like, you end up pulling, like, one of her last legs off. And I guess, like, the older brother was just a little bit too close to her and cocky. She ends up stabbing him with one of her talons that is venomous. And, you know, he collapses. She's dead. But the the older brother is then carried out of this lair by the younger brother. And, you know, they, they both make their way to, I guess, the Tree of Life, which was right there. She did lead them to it. But... Uh, they're they're right there, and the the older brother is terribly injured, and so you know they they sit down in front of the tree that they've they've been trying to get to this whole time, and the older one just tells the younger brother, go you know go get what we need uh, to save dad, and you know he can also save the older brother as well. You know you you have him climb the tree alone. And like get up to to this one specific spot that has this pool of of magic water, and he fills up his his uh his like canteen or bag, whatever it was, with it, and then slides back down to where Naya is, and he gets down there, and it's too late. It was, it was this part, the, the, the urgency that you felt at the beginning was, was back again, but for a different reason, right? Because now you're like, Oh, you know, cause in, in your mind, you're like, well, if it's mm-hmm. going to help the dad, maybe brother too. Um, right. and so it, you're almost rushing through this and the, the tree of life, the way that they, the way that they displayed this or presented it was just like the way that the light played off of the darkness around it. And mm-hmm. It was just stunning. 
uh, and you're frantically running through it because you're like, oh, I gotta, we gotta save Naya, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and at this point, I think you might realize like this is not exactly the tree of life; it is just the tree of healing, because uh, Naya's injury was just so great that he he couldn't survive it. And uh, as as Nae gets down there um, and realizes he he just he couldn't save his brother. He tries to force this water down him, but he has already died. And this is where um, it, it gets really emotional. And uh, this is not the point that it it made me tear up. That that comes later, but um, you know it it does get really hard to watch because this whole time you've had these two together and he's that they've gone on this journey to try and save dad and end up losing one of them. And, and you kind of have to wonder, was this sacrifice really worth it? Because now they do have the water. They have it to save dad, but they lost the brother in the process. And it was, it was a really hard thing to just watch just mad. I was like, are you jumping me? This little brother already has to watch his mom die. Now this. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That again, that the urgency that, that pushed you up the tree as fast as possible and then back down. Uh, it really hammers home how devastating it is when like the brother when Nae is like trying to force the water down Naya's throat in the hopes of reviving him. And there's mm-hmm. just nothing there. Yeah. It's, it gets even harder to watch because in the next mm-hmm. scene you have control over Nae, the younger brother, and you have to control him while he drags the older brother's body to the grave and that buries him. That, that was, that was brutal because <laughs> it's slow. Yeah. It's slow. And, and if you're not close to his body and you push the action button, the only thing that Nai does is he just crumples down into a ball and cries. And, and I, I feel for him so hard here, but it is, it is a difficult action to just make myself play and bury the character that I was playing as and when, I, oh yeah, go ahead. Slow. Oh, sorry. I was going to say to like Steve's point, I think of like how slowly you're dragging the body, I think it lends or adds to, you know, just like this experience. Like you feel the grief. I don't think like I, if I could with the controls, I'd go fast and just, get it over with but because you have to just endure it i think it really hit home yeah a little harder than yeah and something something that sarah talked about at the beginning of the episode is felt really profoundly here and i think throughout the rest of the playthrough which is that you're not using your left hand anymore when you've been playing video games for uh, like 30 years like i have it feels intuitive to control your character with your left hand and do other stuff with your right hand, whatever that is in the game. And this game's unique because you control 
two characters. You control the older brother with your left hand and the younger one with your right hand. When you only have control of the younger one, I think that just that action of having only Nai to control conveys that this is what it feels like to lose someone very close to you. This is how that feels, where just existing in the world feels wrong. And you can't escape the fact that you are not whole anymore, that you have lost something that is a part of you. And you can't stop thinking about it. It's that traumatic and it's that hard to ignore because it is every fiber of your existence that you are now not able to move through the world in the same way. I think that's such a good point. And I, I feel like I kind of unconsciously thought that, but I never really like actually put it together. But I think it's so true that like, it almost felt like a phantom limb where I kept trying or wanting to use my left hand to do things because that's how you move around the world in most PlayStation games is the left trigger and not being able to do that or having it do nothing was such a weird experience. It felt like, yeah, like I was missing something. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, that's exactly how I felt too. Uh, like a phantom limb, right? I like my, my left hand was there, like it was on the controller, but it wasn't doing anything. And so it wasn't actually really present in the game, but it, I still felt it there and I, and I had it there. Um, but Kevin, I, I, I agree with Sarah. That's a great point. Like it, it, it is a powerful message that's conveyed even through the mechanical like play yeah. of, you know, finishing the game because you, you still have to finish, you know, you're just, you just, a part of you is gone now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's nothing you can really do about it too, because, um, no matter what you do with your left hand, nothing's going to happen. And you have to use the younger brother to do everything now. So that's, that's the hardest part, but you have to bury him. And that, that was really hard to do um, just emotionally. Uh, And then the owl Griffin shows up. It's not dead. It it flies in uh, to, to take the younger brother back to the village. I thought to myself, well, you couldn't have brought us here, but I guess it was just so exhausted <laughs> from the flight that, that, you know, it collapsed and we thought it was dead. But, you know, it, it shows up uh, like the eagles at the end of Lord of the Rings that could have flown them into Mordor and flies him out back to the village. Um, you know, I kind of yeah. thought that this... Griffin owl thing did die, but the the brother somehow, I mean, he has these weird visions of ghosts and things. So when it first appeared, I thought he was just imagining it because it was, it seems so, I don't know, just very convenient. Yeah. Like it somehow knew where they were (laughs) at that exact moment. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they did take the feather, right? Yeah. 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 My my thought was like, oh, maybe this is one that was related to that one, um, and it it followed them in some way. Yeah. I didn't think it was the same one necessarily, but I just thought maybe it was like they they had some connection to the to mm-hmm. the old one 
that had passed that maybe that's what draw or drew over this this new one yeah it's it's possible that it it saw that like oh you saved my sibling here i'll, I'll come rescue you right it was very convenient though yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but it takes him back to the village and now it's at night and there's a storm happening. You know, he drops the younger brother off at like the, the base of this rock that the house is on and the younger brother has to find his way up to the house and, and then find dad and deliver the water. But you know, you do some climbing around the the rock and stuff, and then you get down to the beach, uh, where he you know normally would walk through uh, to the other side of, of their village, and it's flooded from the storm, and you know he will wade into the water waist deep, but then stop, and you won't be able to do anything if you hit the action button for for Nai. He will just like stare down at the water and say something and then not do anything. But uh, I stood there for a few minutes and not like trying to figure out what to do. And it wasn't until I figured out like, Oh, he never wanted to swim and always relied on his brother. And you, he gets down to the beach. And if you hit the action button for Naya, the older brother, Nai gets in the water and swims through the flooded area. Explaining this the first time to my wife is what broke me. He either he <laughs> swims on the memory of his brother, or he or it's his brother's spirit that's carrying him, or maybe he just forces himself to swim just like his brother. But no matter what you feel that he is growing up and using his brother as inspiration to help him get through life. And the memory of Naya is still with him. It is, it is probably the most emotional moment in the game for, for a lot of people. Definitely resonate with what you're saying, Kevin. Yeah. I surprisingly didn't tear up, but I think that might just be because I didn't have to explain it. Also, like if I tried to explain it like to my partner who like didn't see the game at all, he'd probably mm-hmm. be like, What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I had to press the left trigger, you don't understand. <laughs> <It's emotional. laughs> But yeah, no, it took me a couple of minutes too, where I was yeah. just standing there like, okay, am I supposed to go a different way? And then like, I think just when I get frustrated in a game, I just start pressing buttons and I <laughs> happen to press mm-hmm. the left trigger and he started swimming. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this game <laughs> is just taking me on a ride. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and I also wondered too, like, I know you're saying that like, maybe it's like inspiration of his brother or what, but it's interesting that you can interpret this in so many different ways, but I kind of felt like there is this theme of the younger brother always like being connected with the spirit of his mom. And yeah. then, like, I thought it was the spirit of the bird and I don't know. I somehow thought it was more spiritual. And like, like you mentioned, he heard the faint voice of his brother. And I don't know if you guys uh, realize this after he swam, but if you press left trigger going forward, you hear the brother 
kind of directing him in the direction to go um, yeah. to yeah. get to the house, which is what the brother did throughout the game. So that was interesting as well. But yeah, that was... I never would have expected that a left trigger or like a control would make me so emotional. That mm-hmm. was very unique. Yeah, that was the... It, not not like the floor dropped out or anything, but the floor dropped out in my chest. Um, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it was... Similarly to how you played it, Kevin, I went out there and I was like, okay, we got, I I see this full circle thing. I get it. He's got to swim. All right. I'm going to go out and I'm going to hit that action trigger for, you know, naive and he's doing nothing. And I am just standing there in the water, like, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, when I, when I hit the left trigger and he started moving, it was, that was when, you know, my, my chest cavity opened up and my heart dropped <laughs> down. I was like, that's really good. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and I interpreted it as, um, you know, when, when you lose somebody, like I, this is where I really valued just how slowly and painfully and separate from every other game action you had to drag your brother's body and then bury it at that tree because it really emphasized the, the phantom limb thing, the, just the mm-hmm. separation. This is gone now. Right. But that's never the case with grief. And it's certainly not the case with closure or, well, it's certainly, it's the case with grief. Yes. But when you achieve closure after a loss, it's when you realize that everything about the person that, you loved and who was with you is still within you too. Um, maybe it's spiritual, but I also think like, you know, as scared as if we want to get super meta about it, as scared as naive of the water, these brothers are clearly close. I'm sure Naya tried to teach him how to swim. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. at the very least, his brother showed the value of bravery and, and leaping into something because you know, it's the thing that you have to do. Um, you know, the kinds of lessons that an older sibling is is hopefully conveying to a younger sibling in, in between kicking their ass all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it as, you know, you, you press the trigger because it was there, right? And it was the thing you needed to do. And that's the piece of the older brother that stays with the younger brother for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. which yeah. is just a, just a fucking beautiful thing. And Naya is he's never really gone because you can still press the left trigger and something now happens, even though he's not there. Right. It's, it's very beautiful. It It is. Um, it, it's wonderful. I, I did have one, one other write-in that I wanted to read. Uh, so uh, Jacob Hayes Verdon uh, wrote to me and said, I've never played a game where the controls played into the narrative like this game did. It's truly an experience that can only exist in video games, and it's great. I've never had a single pressing of the L2 tri- uh, button to take my breath away like Brothers did. Uh, and, and I absolutely agree with that. I've never, I've never started to tear up uh, from just pressing a button in a game. Usually it's a case of like someone, like another character doing something else that gets me emotional. It's not my own action that really gets to me and there's there's this part and uh you know having to bury naya 
that that really does get to me and you're doing it yourself which is is really hard Nai does get back to dad and and gives him the water and and saves him the the whole game ends with uh a scene of them during the day uh, like the the next few days they have uh you know created another grave for Naya next to mom's grave and they they grieve over both of them at the same time and and the camera just kind of pans away with them um you know Carrie at, was watching this and asked me you know well what happens now and i said the the younger brother and and dad have to find a way to have a relationship together and and that's the end of the story you know i didn't feel like they were uh, you know, at odds or disconnected at all. It's just that I felt like the two of them weren't close. And now each of them is all the other one has. I felt bad, I mean, for the youngest brother, because even when they were grieving, it mm-hmm. was really the dad that was sobbing on the ground and the younger brother was, like, comforting him. Yeah. And I was and, not looking forward to the rest <laughs> of the little boy's life. Yeah. And and Joseph Ferris said in his commentary, like, really, this is a story about the the younger brother. Like, this is his story in the end, because it is a story about him growing up and becoming a little more mature um, and, and more on the level of what the older brother was. So so that was intentional. But still, I really do feel terrible for both of them because they've lost not just mom, but also uh, Naya. And, you know, it's just, it's horrible to, to think about that. Yeah. Looking at my notes, um, the three items I had are mixed feelings. Little, bl- little brother has learned that he can do hard things and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I, I saw that scene how Sarah did too. The dad is is just absolutely grieving, and the little the little brother Nae is is there almost comforting. Yeah, um, which I guess makes sense because he's had more time. I don't know how much time right has actually, but to sit with the death. I mean, he 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 put his brother in the ground and then covered him, and then you know, so he's he's had that moment. Whereas the dad is probably feeling all sorts of things, including guilt. You know, now he's got survivor's guilt. His son is gone and he's alive because of his son going to, you know, get the stuff to keep him alive. But yeah, I I think that it's, the more I think about it, it's, it's sad. It's not depressing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, it, it, as you said, they, they still have each other and it kind of seems like over time they're going to learn that. And the fact that, we can sit here and speculate about these characters about how they could possibly move through this loss is a testament to how really wonderfully done this game is. And, and the story is Yeah, because you know that the dad is probably really broken up of course, but now I have a sense that Nae has what he needs to help his dad come back into life and be be his father to him, you know, because every, you know, when you're going through that kind of a profound loss, you need help. Uh, and he is strong enough to be that help for, for even his own parent. Yeah. Whereas before, I mean, he was so devastated by the loss of his mother. He couldn't even, he couldn't get into the water. Um, 
it's just incredible growth and mm -hmm. uh, hard-earned growth. And yeah, it's sad, but I also think that there's hope. It's, again, like you were saying, the story is so well-crafted, but it continues to just shock me and impress me that this narrative came together without any dialogue yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. You know, it's done all through action and uh, it, it's beautifully done just to create this, this more universal experience that anyone can, can see or feel without uh, any sort of language barrier there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really beautiful. Do you have any final thoughts about brothers uh, before we, we wrap up? Go hug your brothers. Your <laughs> yeah, please do. Please just uh, like get in touch with the people that you love and, and let them know that you do. It, yeah. And, it, and I think uh, gratitude always helps to make people happy. So yeah. think about what those people mean to you and then say, Hey, thanks for being so awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, Steve, you you are really awesome. I I love being your friend. Same with yeah. you, Sarah. Oh, oh thank <laughs> you. I feel like it's people all around. I've never <laughs> met Sarah in person, but Sarah, you're awesome too. Yeah, you are too, Steve. <laughs> Sarah, do, do you have any any like last things you want to say about brothers at all? I mean, I think this game again, as we've been talking about throughout this episode, but such a unique game and wouldn't recommend it to everyone but i think especially people who play a lot of games on consoles who can like understand like again like with this left trigger that um being used to using that to navigate around the world in your character i think all of those pieces are really extra special for someone who is used to normal quote normal games yeah. And also this is not a children's game, which at first I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> you mean cutting off a giant's leg isn't something it's <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't know. My dad was accidentally buying me like RPG game. Or I mean a first person first person shooter games when I was like seven, so I don't know, maybe it is a kid's game. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are some seriously mature themes in this game and it's not just about violence, you know, it's, it's about, uh, grief and, you know, yeah. getting, getting past trauma and, and really dealing with, with what is, is holding someone back, um, you know, from, from growing. So yeah, again, it's quite beautiful. And I, I really appreciate you, Steve, for picking this game. Um, I think when yeah. I when I sent you that list of, of games, I said like, well, do you want to talk about uh, grief? Do you want to talk about following social norms or uh, do you want to talk about just shooting things and killing things? And I'm really glad mm -hmm. you talked about this one. 
Well, I'm such a ray of sunshine, you know. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Look. I was like, oh, let's get deep, baby. Let's get sad. Come on. Perfect. <laughs> there's a there's a lot to mine yeah. in in this particular topic, and I I just love the way that this game addressed it. I, it's it's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Steve and Sarah, for for joining me to to talk about our feelings and and dig through this. Um, this is it's been a, a wonderful episode to record with you. You know, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's it was great. Yeah, and and thank you, Sarah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am here too. Oh, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and. To you all, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have enjoyed this show, please share it with your friends. Uh, uh, share it on like any sort of uh, social networks you have. Um, definitely looking for for more people to listen, more games to play. Uh, and if you have suggestions for games to play, write in at psplusgameclub at gmail.com. Please go talk to the people that you love and tell them that you love them. Um, there are some, some great themes to this game and you know it's really important to just reach out to to people but until next month that we talk about blasphemous please remember to you know have a good day and have fun playing around